What's up, happiness homies? Welcome back to another episode of Modern Business, where we're diving into how you can become a full-time entrepreneur doing what you love so you can live a life that you love. And today I got a special guest, Taylor Fit, Taylor DeHaze. She's a fitness business coach. And what I love about her is that, you know, it's right in her Instagram bio, laid off to seven figures in two years. She was an investigative reporter uh, nay, she was an Emmy award-winning investigative reporter and then got laid off. And through that time as an investigative reporter, doing it for 10 years, it's what she went to school for. She was grinding up at three in the morning, you know, seeing dead bodies before the cops show up, like all this crazy stuff. Her story is crazy and, and you know, do, making her dues. And if she puts in her dues, that she'll have the success as this investigative reporter. And uh, I think she would agree the best thing that ever happened to her was getting laid off. And that forced her into her side passion of being a bodybuilder, bikini competition competitor, um, and leaning into being a fitness coach, an online fitness coach. And you'll hear in her story quickly turning two grand a month into five grand a month into 10K a month and into six figures, and then eventually into having seven figures. Uh, and then from that, has then turned into a business coach for personal trainers. So, you know, she's done the thing. And uh, I think it's just a great story to remind you, like <laughs> nothing's guaranteed in life and you can do what you're supposed to do. You can uh, do the corporate job. And yes, you're supposed to, uh, you know, one day be CEO. And that might not just be the case, even though you're putting in your dues. Uh, and I think Jim Carrey has a really great quote that his dad told him, uh, you can fail in life doing what you don't like, so you might as well go do what you love. And I might've butchered that, but I think you'll find that in Taylor's story and I'm so excited to have her on today. So without further ado, here's Taylor DeHaze. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Modern Business. I'm so excited to jump right in with Taylor DeHaze. Uh, Taylor, how the hell are you? I'm so good. And uh, apparently we're both kind of getting some snow too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where you guys are from listening to this, but uh, your girl is a, a Texan and she's, she's surviving in Cleveland, Ohio. So, um, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm super excited to be on here. I know that you, um, you do really great work from what I've seen on your Instagram. And I think we just like recently connected. So I'm super excited um, to be on here. So thanks for having me. Yeah. I think that's actually an important thing. We should talk about how we got introduced to each other. So um, through, if some of you know, um, my signature program, 90 day mentorship business, uh, personal trainer, business accelerator. Um, I had a client, I think he began uh, last February, 2021, uh, and graduated three months later. And then we kept working together, monthly calls, um, helping him grow his business. And uh, this is what I think the great part about being a coach is to when he's hit a point where I can, you know, no longer take him to, it's time for him to move on and grow up and graduate from my coaching. Uh, and he found you and he sent me your stuff. And I'm like, yeah, man, this like, this looks awesome. Um, you know, and I went through your content and I really loved it. And then uh, he, uh, you screenshotted a message from him that was like, so excited to get started. Like the investment scares me, but I, that's a good thing because it means I'll actually do the work. And which is like something I talk about too. Like you have to be financially invested. And uh, so I screenshotted what you screenshotted in post and was like, you know, here's my client moving on to a new coach. I'm so happy for him, blah, blah, blah. And then you were like, this is awesome that you did that because we feel like, I mean, take it away, right? Why do you feel like it's important? Oh, if, I think we would need a whole podcast to discuss yeah. that. Um, but I am somebody who is, I'm just very chill in the way that I find my clients, meaning like 
I have, you know, I really do value the nurturing phase and there is nothing, there is nothing sleazy or big box or corporate about the way that I work with my clients. And, you know, I'm sure you'll probably ask me this at some point, but general overview of just the, the kind of the programs that I run, I don't have support coaches. You know, when you have a sales call with me, it is with me. I don't pawn you off to anybody and uh, I keep my programs very intimate, right? And I don't advertise um, anything that's like guaranteed or, or anything cheesy like that, right? And I think that as you're listening to this podcast, you know, you're obviously in interested in growing your business and you've probably seen some of the ads that I'm, I'm talking about. And you're like, oh man, I totally know what you're talking about. And so um, there's a lot of like cattiness sometimes between business coaches. And so, you know, I, I was very, um, I was very shocked and surprised, right? When I saw you kind of like repost this screenshot of me letting in your former client, um, because that's not the, that's not the reaction that I have gotten before. Um, and so it was just very refreshing, right? Because, um, it's not even like, oh, he's graduated and moved on or whatever. Like, I think that you and I are very different coaches, you know? And I think it's like, you helped Isaac in a way and he's killing it because of, of the foundation you laid, right? Um, and so I just really, it was almost like passing the torch and I thought it was just so nice. Um, and, and immediately I was just like, oh my God, you are so nice. And I'm the same, just, I'm so similar in that way. Like I, I really do value, um, meeting other business coaches too, but I've noticed that a lot of them just like, that's, that's not, that's not a common thing, um, that I've found. I feel like it's very competitive. Um, and, and sometimes almost sleazy, right? Like mm. how many coaches have, have approached you like business coaches in your DMS, you know? And it's like, I know this is your DM person, which is totally fine. That's, it's okay. But maybe they should learn your voice a little bit better, or maybe you should change up your introduction. So I just was very blown away by that. And I think that that tells so much about your character. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I mean, you know, I used to say this all the time. We'll still do right. Um, even on sales calls with people, right. You get on a sales call with someone and it's you and I do the same. And I'm like, listen, you know, if it gets to the end of the call and, and, and then they're just like, I can't do it or whatever, there's resistance. I'm like, okay, like maybe I've gone through my processes, try to really challenge them. Like, yeah, you need this. Um, and we get through that. And then it's, um, and then maybe they're still a no. And I'm like, okay, listen, you know, you need to do something. I like, here's a list of my five competitors who are business coaches for personal trainers, like look into them. Maybe they have a cheaper offer that I don't offer this small tier offer, uh, at the time of like having these calls. Right. Or yeah, maybe you just vibe with this person better. Maybe a woman wants to work with a woman, you know, and, and that's okay because, if we're not vibing, this isn't going to be successful. It's going to be a waste of my time. Like, I'm not here to take your money. It's just, I want you to succeed. And so if there's some blockage there um, that you're just not going to listen to what I say, then like, yeah, let's not do this. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I think everyone should do their homework regardless. Right. And I, I say that all the time um, about, like you said, vibing with a coach, as silly as that sounds, right? Because you know, people can look at my track record and see, like, I got you, man. If you want to hit multi-six figures, you want to quit your job, like, cool, I got you. But if you're not coachable or, or we're not vibing or, you know, you don't like the way, like, I'm very tough love, you know, I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm not going to check up on you if I haven't heard from you in a week, right? Like, unless it's, I don't know, something's going on outside of the natural circumstances, but you know, that's how I am. I always joke that I'm like the tough love coach, but I like, I'm going to kick you in the ass, but also like give you a hug at the same time, mm -hmm. um, you know, to make sure you're like comfortable, but yeah, like I'm, 
I think some people need that accountability. So I agree with you. Personality type uh, means so much, so much for your authority building, so much for your branding, so much for getting clients, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love that message. It's like, do your homework. I, I, you know, I've, I've invested in a ton of stuff and um, Mm -hmm. I've made the mistake of one time being like, I love this person. I don't care. I'm buying. Like I, he had a message. It was a podcast. I was like, that is me spot on. Let's do it. Um, and then totally look into what I was paying for. And, uh, you know, nice, nice chunk of a lesson there, uh, financial wise. Um, but yeah, it's, it think it's both those things, right? Make sure, you know, you're going to get what you want out of it. And also like, yeah, you got to buy with the person. Um, so, okay. So let me back up now. I want to talk about your story because I think for my listeners, this is going to be super impactful. Um, you were an investigative TV reporter. You had won an Emmy you've been doing that for 10 years. And then you got laid off. Take me through that story. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So I'll try to condense this a little bit, but yeah, you know, the, I always, I always say the test and maybe you remember this, but when I was in second grade, we got this test, you know, that was, you fill it out and it's like, what is your career going to be? I don't know if you did that. Was this something that you went through? Do you remember your answer? Not really. Okay. So mine said journalist. And I was like, this is it. I know what I want to do. And I was always into kind of like teaching. And I was very into like politics as a young age. Like I was this weird kid in fifth grade bringing like, you know, these like presidential biographies to read anyway. So I just was very into that. And originally I thought that's kind of what I was going to do, like political correspondence, but either way led into uh, journalism school, went to the university of Missouri, shout out MIZ if anyone's listening. Um, but anyway, I stayed for investigative reporting. And the reason that Mizzou is such a great program is because, you know, like you are actually on like an affiliate station uh, when you are going to school there. So I wasn't working for like a school station because people often ask me how how you put in 10 years, you're so young. And I'm like, because I started at 18, literally, I was like doing live shots at 18. So a little bit about the non-glamorous life of TV that most people don't know. Um, it is not me sitting in air conditioning, reading a teleprompter and getting my makeup done. That's actually the exact opposite. Uh, if you're an anchor, cool. But me, I was like, I saw 27 dead bodies before the age of 26, before the police ever arrived. Um, like I was, you know, I mean, I literally heard children dying in house fires before authorities arrived. Like there was a lot of trauma that was involved. I almost died probably four or five times. I had a gun pulled out on me multiple times, um, doing live shots by myself because that's how it was when you were in, when you were starting out. Like I didn't have a photographer, uh, you are told to pay your dues. Right. But I always thought, you know, I've always been the kind of person to just push and push and push and push. Right. And I knew that I wanted to be on a top five station. And so I kept going and going and going. And basically, I finally hit this point where I, you know, I, the way that markets work in TV, just to give you guys kind of a, a, I don't know, an overview to make this make sense. So there's one through 200, 200 is the smallest one is the largest one is like New York. Okay. So my first station after college was market 109. I was in Tyler, Texas, East Texas, close to Louisiana. Uh, and I was promised that I would be doing investigative reporting. And, you know, I, I kind of was, I had to really fight for that, but, but essentially I was doing general assignment again, no photographer ever. And I mean, I was doing stakeouts for like sex trafficking at 3am alone. Okay. You guys, like it was not normal. And my ass is like 24 years old by myself doing this. 
And anyway, I just kept telling myself, pay your dues. It's going to, it's going to pay off. So I remember I had a few news directors that were friends, mentors, and I got, I caught wind that Cleveland uh, had an opening and I thought there's no way I'm going to go to Cleveland. Like that's market 17. Like I was going to go from 109 to 17. Like there's no way. Um, well it happened. And then all of a sudden two stations were asking for me from Cleveland. And I was like, something is in Cleveland. I don't know what it was, but I don't know what you guys believe in, whether it's universe, God, anything, but like, I just felt very pulled to Cleveland. Um, everything in me was saying that was where I needed to be. And so I got the job. I was hired as an investigative reporter. Finally, finally, I had my photographer. It was going to be great. And then the person that hired me actually moved and went to Chicago. So then my new news director didn't care what I was promised, didn't matter. And I asked for an addendum page. Like I asked for all of these things. Um, he was like, nope, sorry, you're going to work weekends, GA. It is what it is. I was like, oh my God, again, again. So the second time I was locked into this contract and it was the same story, right? It was slightly better because I was making 70K a year versus 30K a year Woohoo! with a master's degree, might I add, um, didn't matter. So anyway, I tried to make the best of it, right? And it was so funny because I was actually asked to speak at a investigative reporters conference, like the biggest one in the country, and my station didn't pay for me to go. They said I could go, but they didn't pay for me to go. And I came back from that conference for my like quarterly review per usual. And I noticed that there were more people in the meeting than just my news director. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And that's kind of when I was told that I was going to be laid off. They said, you know, things haven't been working. Um, you know, you want to do investigative reporting and we just don't have the need for that right now. And so we're just going to like, you have six weeks and we're laying you off. Uh, no severance pay or anything. Now, mind you, I am new to Cleveland. I've been here for one year. That is literally it. And I remember my news director told me to, to go get some coffee and come back and we'll send you out on a story. And I was like, okay, great. So I go to my car. I'm like profusely crying because I'm like, oh my God, what the, what the hell, you know? And I'm sure you can probably relate to this, but I always convinced myself I loved news reporting and I loved the impact, but I hated the process, right? Like it was just too much. I mean, I was working 60 hours a week, every single holiday. I never saw my family. I had no social life, no friends. And so after 30 minutes of crying, I was like, I'm starting my own business. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be an online coach. Wow. It was that I, fast. Yes. Wow. It was that fast. And I say that because I had been a power lifter for five years. I was a bikini competitor as well. Um, I had worked with big coaches like Lane Norton, Cliff Wilson, and I was very in the weeds with that. Um, I actually started my Instagram in 2012 and it was really honestly recipes and, and things like that, you know, lifting videos. So I, I had that already kind of built up in the background. Um, and people knew me as like the fit friend, right? Uh, I'd been teaching cycling classes for 10 years, starting in college, you know, so people already knew that about me. Um, but yeah, I was like, you know what? I, th there's no way in hell I'm going back to that because it's, I've been burned so many times and it's not paying off. And the way I like to describe this sometimes is, you know, whenever I think about, I don't know, my business now in like a year, I can, I can visualize it. And I would think, okay, what is the next station after Cleveland? And my mind would go black. Like I couldn't picture anything. Like there wasn't anything better. I couldn't see a way out. And, you know, financially I wasn't happy. 
again, I, I, I wasn't able to just live a life I wanted to in, in any regard. And that was just proof that the nine to five is not security. It is not. Anyone that is staying in their nine to five because of a fucking 401k needs to walk away. And <laughs> like it it's not secure. So, and I'm sure you can totally relate to that. That's an incredible story. And I love how quickly it was. I think there's a lot of cool points to touch on, but I'm curious because of the last thing you said, as far as the nine to five, not being secure, um, somebody who's sitting there may be thinking like, well, you know, well, for me, you know, it is, uh, I get this biweekly paycheck. I have the 401k health insurance, all that stuff. You know, what would you say to that person? Who's kind of like, I don't know, maybe like they don't like their job. They're kind of half in maybe like you, I know it was for me, you know, the future of civil engineering was like, uh, I don't know, like, yeah, eventually I'll be the project manager and eventually I'll be whatever, whatever. Like, I don't even remember the, the next steps after that. Um, but for me, it wasn't like, yep, yippee, I get to do that. It's just like, that's the path. Um, and for you, even different, you can even picture a future. And I, and I feel like probably a lot of people are fitting in one of those categories where it's just like, whatever. Yep. I'm just coming into work and I'll get my raise at the end of the year. And, you know, eventually I get the promotion and however the company goes step-by-step, um, it's just dispassionate. <clears throat> so what would you say to someone who is kind of like, I have maybe settled in that, like, or I will actually, let me ask you this way. Someone who, who wants more, who has a deeper purpose, who wants to like get out of their job, but it's scary because, you know, they have this guaranteed paycheck and stuff. Yeah. So I think that anything is, let me say this growth equals discomfort end of story. Right. And the same people that stay in jobs forever and ever unhappy, 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 and never make moves are the same people that stay in mediocre relationships forever and ever and ever and ever. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a pattern in that person's life, right? It's not just the job, right? So for TV, for me, for example, I wasn't staying because I was stuck. It was ego. It was because I spent all that money getting a master's and I busted my ass and people knew me as Oh, Taylor does it all right. She can compete and she's on TV. Like I, I had to live up to that and I couldn't quit. I would have never quit. I would have never quit. I would have, I would have kept going. And the day that I got laid off, I don't know how that shit spread like wildfire, but I had news directors calling me for the next, like, you know, three days. Hey, do you need a job? Hey, I was like, no, I, I actually got offered an internship, an unpaid internship in Buffalo. I was like, this is <laughs> that was another reason I was like, oh my God, this is, this is a joke, you know? So what I will say is I understand you have to pay the bills. I totally get it. I don't think that any of you should just go tell your boss you're done. Okay. Let me first make that very, very clear, but let me also tell you how simple now simple with an asterisk. Okay. I had the background knowledge in coaching and I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you have something that you're passionate about. Maybe you're a coach at your local CrossFit gym. Maybe you are in charge of like a running club, whatever, right? Those are the people that can make that passion into a, you know, into their purpose, kind of like you said. Um, and so for me, everyone was like, oh, we totally saw this coming. It wasn't some like, oh my God, we never knew you were into fitness, Taylor. Like everyone already knew that. But I think, you know, if you, if you make a pros and cons list and you really think about, okay, what is keeping you in this spot? And if what is keeping you in this spot is a secure paycheck, I would ask you, okay, what freedom are you getting with that paycheck? Because for me, 
Freedom is not having to give a 30 day notice to take a day off. Freedom is not a, you know, freedom for me is controlling my money, right? And having six figure months for me are normal. And I think when people hear that, they're like, I'm sorry, what? No, that wasn't day one. Okay. But when I knew I had six weeks, what did I do that first week? I got all of my systems in place, right? Like my payments, my onboarding, like things like that. Because again, I had worked with coaches. I kind of knew what that, what that felt like. Right. And I got a calendar link set up and I was already making like maybe 2k by the time I got laid off. Now, again, that's, that's not much, but that 2k turned into 5k really fast. And then I made my first six figures in seven months. So I think that if you want something, you can make it happen. But if you continue to make up excuses, right? You know, and you know what I'm talking about? Well, that does sound good, but I'm getting married this year. Yeah, you know, it would be really nice though if you didn't have to stress about money with that wedding, right? If that really amazing dress didn't break the bank or if you didn't have to choose between an open bar or endless like desserts or whatever, right? Like there's certain things that I'm like, I don't have to choose anymore, right? Like. You don't have to choose anymore. And I think if you want to say yes more in your life, then go for it and you can start building it. You know, I've got clients right now in like my entry-level program, Fitness Coach Academy, that is really built for this, but essentially like they feel confident enough to quit their jobs within like a few months, right? It depends on how fast and how hard you're working. It depends on if you've got a family, you know, I'm single, like I don't have a family to take care of. I don't have any children. So for me, I threw everything into my business. I was very ruthless. There really was not much work-life balance for me, but I don't, I don't regret that. Because there already that, wasn't work-life balance, it sounded like. So. Right, exactly. There wasn't work-life balance, but before this call, like I took a 30 minute nap and woke up and, and, had a 9k day like you know what i mean like that's that's how it gets to be but again it's been three years in the making yeah well it sounds like even longer than three years and um well yeah let's go right there because i you know like you said you've had your you started your instagram in 2012 and everyone said oh this was a natural progression and your 2k turned into 5k which turned into you know six figures in the first seven months you said so you know you say that and and you make it sound easy. But I think for maybe a lot of people, it might not be that easy. Do you agree or disagree? It's definitely not easy at all. But what I will say is, even if I hadn't started that forever ago, I think like, you know, the first few people that were hiring me, they weren't random people. Like they were, they were at cycle bar or they were at the news station, or they were friends from high school or college that were like, we've been waiting on you to have an application. So I have a hard time believing that if, you know, I don't know, Jessica over here wants to start an online fitness coaching business. She probably is well-known in her fitness community, whatever that looks like, you know what I mean? And if you get some friends to pay you, then four turns into eight really fast and eight turns into 16 really fast. But what, where people get stuck is the very beginning and just doing it, right? Feeling salesy on their stories or never talking about what their offers are or not meeting random people on the internet, right? Like those are part of being an online business and the people that don't succeed, they skip all of those steps. So even though I had like a track record, trust me, the pictures of oatmeal in 2012 were not the selling points for them to hire me today. 
Um, but I was documenting my powerlifting. You know what I mean? Like people knew that I went to nationals or I was documenting my bikini preps and things like that. But I wasn't really giving advice. You know, I was mainly just like showing my food, showing posing videos, showing PRs. And so I had authority with fitness, um, but I never was really like coaching people officially. You know, I would help my friends and things like that. But so I don't know if that answers your question. I think people just have to really be ready to do the work. And I think that it's never been, it has never been easier to start an online business. That doesn't mean to scale it, but to literally just get an LLC and start a business. I mean, anyone can do that online now, you know? And I always tell my clients, Yes, it is extremely saturated, but it is not competitive. Mm. And I think you have to understand that going in there. There's a million shitty coaches, business coaches too. There's a million shitty, shitty ones out there. You have to sift through the bullshit. Um, but the longer that you sit and wait, you know, and for those of you that are thinking about having a family or whatever, right? Like imagine how much easier it would be to put, I mean, you could literally, you could, could literally put your kids through college with like a month of what you're making. I mean, it's, it's insane the amount of money people can make online. And I'm not saying that in a scammy way. It's just a matter of how you build your business. Um, but I think step one, leaving your nine to five and hitting a 5k month can really happen in a matter of months if you work hard and have the right mentorship. Mm, yeah, I love that. So, you know, you said, well, yeah, it's like starting is the hardest part. And, you know, I kind of agree. I mean, I, I wish when I quit, it was kind of coming up. I wish there were more online coaches or I was even looking for that. But, uh, you know, where would you tell someone who is maybe in the corporate job and yeah, wants to coach, whatever it is, I, you know, I'm really leaning into like, want to help you coach something, even if it's woodworking, you know, you want to coach woodworking online. Like, I think that's really cool. You get to do your passion for a living and teach people how to make their kitchen table or whatever. Um, that person who's, you know, at their job, doesn't like it, is going home and making you know, tables in their garage until they go to bed at night. Uh, how would you tell that person where to start? Or like you said, if it was quit your job and make 5k that first month, what would be the first steps? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a few, there's a few steps that I would take. So I will say, I do not know anything about starting a business with woodworking. So I may not have the right terminology there, but what I would say is start documenting things. Yeah. And this is where I get hesitation. This is always where I get hesitation. People don't like their voice. They do not naturally uh, speak, you know, publicly, right? And so I think we have to understand when you're moving to an online business, we have to show our faces and we have to show vulnerability because vulnerability is how authenticity is built. That is how you build relationships. That is how people get to know you, right? So step one for this guy that is like building tables in his garage, I would say, Maybe like once a week you go live as you're building, right? You don't have to say anything to anybody, but like you're showing something or even those like, um, what are those like videos called? Like the speed up videos where it's like, you can record it and like make it a lot. Yes. I'm like, what is that? What is that word? Yeah. Jesus, a time-lapse. Can you tell that it's like, I haven't had a caffeine today, but sorry. Um, time-lapse videos are super helpful for, you know, anything that you're doing that's like, you can show and tell, you know what I mean? Um, doesn't really work as well for like the fitness, the fitness space, but that would be amazing. Or something as simple as, you know, every Monday you show like your Monday masterpiece and like what you created over the weekend. I don't know. Right. But ultimately, like I would start getting on a consistent schedule with just posting content. Okay. Just posting content. You're not trying to get clients or anything. You're just posting content because what, what's going to happen is people are going to come to your feed. 
And they're going to want to see like a track record, right? Of like anything. They're going to scroll back and start stalking you if they're interested, you know? Mm -hmm. And then once it kind of becomes more nuanced and you're like, yes, I want to make money doing this. Like, for example, someone that is like a coach at their local gym or, or, or maybe uh, they teach group fitness classes, whatever, then it becomes you actually having like an announcement post, like, Hey, I am taking on clients. Like that needs to be addressed. Like you have to literally tell people that and doing a few things like tweaking your bio, right. Uh, taking out the engagement ring. Like I know that you're obsessed with your significant other, but if it does not going to go on your business card, it's not going to go in your bio as silly as that kind of sounds. Right. So something that I do with all of my clients is I kind of help them create, you know, like the, I help statements, right. Whether it's, I help whoever do what empowering blank to do blank, whatever it happens to be. Right. And having just a very simple link in your bio to apply. Um, and then going, going from there, right. Once you have that and it's official, then it really just becomes repetition and flexing the muscle. Okay. Um, nobody is good at barbell squatting. If they've never done it, nobody is good at deadlifting. If they've never done it. So again, you're not going to be good at selling if you don't ever try to sell. And I think we have to remember, like, this isn't some MLM business. We're not selling anything that people don't need. And I always tell people, you know, what happens if you don't sell, if you don't tell people that you have an offer, what happens? You do not get to create impact. And those people that really need help, they're not going to get it. Selling is a service. It's, it's not sleazy. It's not scammy. Right. Um, but that is, that is the, that's the, um, the learning curve that I find is the most challenging part is taking somebody from this nine to five where they, they show up unenthused, you know, whatever, and leave and they get paid. Right. Whereas like now we are creating the income. There is no boss above us. And I, I will be honest, I don't think it's for everyone, you know, and that's not to be discouraging, but you know, it really is for the self-starters. And I think anyone can create a business that is willing to put in the work. But if you expect to just post once and, and clients will come, that's all, that's not how it works. Yeah. I love that. I feel like I'm just hearing myself talk right now, especially all the examples like, yeah, your first squat's going to suck. You've had a million terrible reps. Now you need some, a million good ones. So the first one's going to suck. And so you just need yeah. to get those reps in. Um, I love all that. And I think circling back to a few things you said, which was like the first people you sold to, where were you, the people from the cycle bar you went to, or people who've been watching you for years and years. Um, and then, you know, that goes right into what you were said earlier about nurturing the clients or nurturing people in the DMs and creating relationships. Like, yeah, your first clients will be your friends, like, especially in fitness, they've seen you be fit for the last 10 years or whatever. They've seen you like, oh, you know, like, you know, go for the trail runs or go to the cycle bar every, you know, every three days, whatever that is. And they're going to go like eventually, which I think is so cool. Like about what you do. I had a guest on, uh, whenever this gets aired a few weeks ago, um, who was like traveling and, and living the dream and people just started asking him, dude, how are you doing this? And I think the same was for you, right? Uh, maybe not with the fitness thing, but turning your fitness into six figures, seven figures, people are like, how are you doing this? And then you're like, oh, I can become a business coach because you're documenting that whole process. And then people are like, well, she obviously knows what she's doing. Please teach me that. Or not even, yeah, they ask. And then you're like, cool, I can create a product out of this. So it's like, yeah, if you, that's why I tell people, like tell people what you're up to. And, and over and over and over and over, like you want that top mind awareness. So when someone is sitting there, especially for the fitness coaches, they're sitting there on the couch, like, Sunday watching football, eating a wing and you know, whatever they're just looking at themselves and like, I need to make a change. This is it. And the second they say, I need to make a change. I want them thinking of you. 
right? Not when they're staring at the phone. I don't want them thinking of you offline. So yeah, it comes with that repetition. But anyway, to get back to my thing, like I want you, can you talk about how important it is to like nurture and build those relationships online? And, and I feel like a lot of people aren't doing this. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm like the queen of DM strategy. I will say that. Um, I think that it's, there's a lot of coaches out there, typically ones with a, a, a huge following, right? That will say like, oh, I didn't need DMs. And I'm like, well, maybe that's a little different for you, right? But I, you know, I am a seven figure business owner and I have less than 10,000 following, uh, following me, you know, and I, I still can't say swipe up, whatever, right? That doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but, you know, I could definitely talk for a while about that. But essentially, you know, I, I talk about, making sure that your sales funnel is just like top notch. What I mean by your sales funnel is the time a cold lead, a random person on the internet comes into your DMs and chats with you and then the process of them actually buying. What does that funnel look like? So typically the process is going to be they're coming into your page, you're chatting a little bit, then they're going to get curious. They're going to they're going to want to stalk you a little bit. So again, this is why you need to be on your stories because I teach, I'm sure you do too, like sales psychology, right? And in a not as nice way that you put it. I want them to basically be reminded that they, that they're, they're screwed if they don't do anything. Right. Like every time they come to your page, you're like, fuck, I suck. Fuck. That's not working either. Damn it. My business is trash. You know what I mean? And ultimately like, all right, Taylor, let's, let's do it. I'm ready. Let me, you know, whatever. Right. So again, but that's not going to happen overnight. And let me be very, very clear. The average time span it takes for somebody to go from a cold lead to a sale on average is eight weeks on average. Okay. And that's a good average. That's a good average. Realistically, if you're new to this, it could be six months. And I want you to also be patient and think about your buying patterns, right? So for example, we get impatient because we're selling, we're trying to make money, whatever. Right. But at the end of the day, like when I see something or I see a coach or I, I, I look into an ad, you have to hear that 12 to 24 times before you even consider buying. Yeah. So if you're only on your story once a week and Joanna over here doesn't watch your story that one day, I mean, how long is it going to take her to even maybe think of you, right? Like you said. So you have to kind of be in their head when, when they're not online. It, totally. I agree with that hundred um, percent. And people always find this awkward, right? So I always tell people just basic strategy for DM or like in a very simplistic way, you know, once you've identified kind of like your niche, your profitable niche, who you're going to be working with, find your five competitors, find five competitors online and look at who's commenting on their post actively. That's going to show you that they're on Instagram a lot. Right. And then maybe look at who uh, they're following that could help you as well. Um, and just strike up some conversations, respond to a story, always ask a question. Maybe they posted something you really like, send them, send them their posts in the DMs and just open up a conversation that way. Right. And you're not going to jump to selling immediately because to be transparent, I need to know if I want to work with you. Like, you know what I mean? I don't even know if I like you yet. And it's so funny. I've actually told people that in my DMs because again, I'm cursed with a business coach in my title. Um, and I'm like, hold on. I don't actually know if I want to work with you yet. Like, can we just like get to know each other, um, which I've sold people from that too. You know what I mean? Again, just be yourself. Um, I'm very open with like, you know, being an emo kid and listening to that kind of music. And I can't tell you how many people I've sent playlists to or whatever. And we've connected that way. So, I mean, I think like aside from what you're selling, what are you known for? 
Like, what do your friends know you for? And coin that, you know what I mean? Because again, that's totally me. So um, I think that really, that really helps too. Uh, just like attracting your tribe. You know what I mean? But essentially the DM strategy and DMing, it does feel uncomfortable at the beginning. You are going to get a lot of people that leave you on red. It's totally normal, but I recommend trying to find at least, at least 10 new leads every single day. Just because again, if we're looking at an eight week time frame, you know, like the longer that it takes you to find the people, the, the longer it's going to take to sell. And I always, you know, you think about the conversations, like when you're meeting somebody, let's say I relate it to dating a lot. Okay. So if you are going on a date and you're, or you are getting to know somebody, right? Like let's think of dating apps, dating apps and DMS are so similar. So somebody says, Hey, two days later, what are you doing? Two days later, not much to you. That's never going, I'm never going on a date with you. Like it's never going to happen. Right. So again, that's why I recommend doing like morning and evening sessions or at least one hour a day in the DMS, um, because you want the conversations to turn a little bit quicker, um, because that is what helps the lifespan. And then having something free to give them really helps as well. Right. Some kind of freebie podcast, whatever. Again, that's like more advanced. If you're just starting your business, you don't need that, but I'm just giving you kind of like what to kind of think of as you're moving along. So, yeah. I love all of this. There's so many touch points, but based on the last thing you said, um, if you're just starting out, what I help people, what I tell people is like, yeah, get curious, ask questions. If you, if you start to get into that, like, I love being yourself, just like, oh, email playlist, like send the teenage angst, you know, whatever. Like, I love that stuff. Um, creating that relationship is so important. Um, yeah. and then once you get to, yeah, maybe you can ask deeper question, like, you know, if it's fitness, Hey, do you feel like you struggle with your, or like you're trying to, what are your fitness goals? Just ask those questions. Oh, do you struggle with nutrition? You know, what exactly do you struggle with? They tell you, then you go, awesome. I'm going to make a post for you. And then you send it to them and you get permission. I love getting permission. It makes people more open, but now you send them that nutrition. They go, I struggle. Like, I don't know what to buy at the grocery store. I'm always getting this, this, this. I feel like I'm always hungry. It's like, okay, three tips, you know, never shop hungry, uh, shop on the perimeter of the grocery store and like, whatever. And, you know, send that to them. They're like, oh my God, this person actually gives a shit. This person is not just in here trying to get me on a call, trying to sell me whatever. Like they showed up and, and wrote a post for me. Like, how awesome is that? And yeah. like, yeah, that could be your little freebie and it's great content. And it's likely hundred other people following you would love that piece of content as well. Yeah, so, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I love that. And I think the one big thing you touched on, uh, what I get a lot of is, you know, this is this imposter syndrome or why me? Why would anyone buy from me? There's a million other fitness coaches. There's a million other people doing all this stuff with a million subscribers on YouTube, 10 billion followers on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Why would anyone buy from me? And um, what would you say to that? Yeah. Imposter syndrome is something that I spend a lot of time working with my clients through because there really isn't like First of all, I need the person to identify how it is they work through mindset issues if they do it all, right? Like, are you a journaling type person? Do you meditate? Do you just like to take a walk? Or if you're like me, I do not have a morning routine. It is not my thing. Like I, my morning routine is me getting up and going to the gym. Like I don't sit with like tea and meditate. It's just not a vibe for me. Um, so for me, like I'm a big talker, like talking through sticking points really helped me, but my clients are all different. Right. So maybe, you know, for you, it is like affirmations. Like what are your three affirmations? You know what I mean? Like 
I am a good coach, whatever happens to be right. Um, I will like success is inevitable, like whatever that is for you, figure that out. Um, but I think the imposter syndrome comes when we are a little uncertain, one thing when we're uncertain or we're not aligned with what we're truly offering. Um, two, when we're constantly playing the comparison game. So I always say like, when you're starting your business, mute or unfollow anyone that makes you feel less than seriously do it. I know like for me, unrelated kind of, but I'm not as much in the bodybuilding world right now. I'm kind of like healing like hormones and things like that. So I've unfollowed like every competitor because it honestly just, I don't want to see it right now, you know? Um, cause it's triggering for me. So for you, I think that, you know, if, if there's like a coach that's always talking about like, I don't know how easy it is to make money or whatever, maybe unfollow them for a little bit. You know what I mean? Do your own thing. Or if there's a popular fitness coach just makes you feel like, Oh shit. I need something like that. Unfollow them. Um, and three, I mean, this really isn't a plug, but like, I think having a coach truly, uh, is, is the game changer. I mean, I'm sure you'll ask me this at some point, but you know, I always talk about, you know, when I first started my business, I did not do it to make money. Truly. I really didn't. My goal was to keep my apartment because it was either lose my apartment and move back to Texas with my parents. Hell no or bust my ass and like make shit happen, you know? And I did, but I wanted to just match my salary. That's it. You know, if I could make like 7K a month, that was matching my salary, right? And then once I saw that that was possible, I was like, wait, I can make six figures. Mm -hmm. And then I did, right? And then it kind of, it's it all spawned out of that. And now like never did I think I'd be making like over a million dollars in one year. That wasn't the initial goal, right? But I've been able to help hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of not only clients with their fitness journeys, but coaches that are trying to scale their business. And if I would have always thought like, who am I to do this? No, let somebody else do that. I'll never land a sale. Then you know what? You're right. Whatever you feed grows. And if you constantly tell yourself like, you know, I'm not good enough, then you're fucking right. Like you're not going to make any moves and those aren't true, but you know, if you tell yourself that over and over again, then you feed into that, right? And you start acting like the victim um, and that victim mentality takes over and it's really hard to overcome that. But to me, that's that's also, aside from just having strategy of what to do, um, if you do not have a solid mindset, you know, especially with money too. And, and I don't know if you can relate, but growing up, like I didn't have money. Uh, my parents like hoarded money. So when I started making it, I was like very afraid to spend anything. Um, so that was like something that I had to work through. I think money mindset definitely shows up in different ways as well. Or, you know, a lot of us are afraid to just flat out say like, I want to be rich. I want to be rich AF, right? Like that doesn't sound natural. And I think it's, it needs to be because wealth in the hands of very powerful people with a really amazing purpose, like that's so good, right? Like that's so amazing because you're the people that are going to change the world, you know? Um, and so there's nothing wrong with wanting wealth, but I think that it all stems from you're at point A and you're, or you're day one, right? And you're comparing your day one to somebody else's day 1000. And that to me where the imposter syndrome, it, for me, it's really comparison over anything. And I think if you can work with your clients or work with yourself on, you know, focusing on you and like keeping like kind of like the tunnel vision on, then, then you can fix that. Yeah. I, lo I love all that. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's all great, right? It's important. I think if you have imposter syndrome, like that's a good thing. You're, we talked about in the beginning, you're doing something new. 
why should you feel good at this? Why should you feel comfortable showing up on Instagram? It's new. So like, take the time to learn it. You will get better, right? Just like we talked about those back squats. Um, and I think the other thing too, like with the, I really loved when you said sending the emo music and like, yeah, you, you show up yourself. And I tell people like, you're, you're the um, evolved version of your ideal client, right? You're a business coach for personal trainers teaching the business. Well, they want to have those 10K, 100K months. They want to take a nap in the middle of the day and feel good about it. Not like because they had to get up at 5 a.m. and been coaching for 18 hours. Um, so yeah, to, to show up and like be yourself. That's what people are going to buy from you, Taylor, because of you. People will buy from me because of how I show up and they like my energy and it's different from yours. And yeah, so I love all that. I'm curious, I want to ask a self selfish question because uh, I, I love the Instagram strategy and, and making content. Um, but I'm curious how you said, uh, you know, you're like maybe I don't say it as gently as you, but you're like, I want people to feel like I'm trash. How do you show up in your stories in that way and um, making people feel like, like I said, like you're like the evolved trash. <laughs> How do you make them feel like trash? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my God. I don't even know if I can give like, I'll try to think of specifics, but essentially like when I, I like people, when they come to my page, first and foremost, I want them to feel empowered. I want them to feel like anything is truly possible. And I also want to kind of be the tough love that no one is giving them, right? Um, like when your friend is dating that person a little too long and that person really sucks and you like keep telling them, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, yeah. I know everyone else is like, do what makes you happy. But I'm like, hell no, break up with his ass. Like that's me as a friend. Right. So, you know, something that I hear a lot, I'll use like my beginner coaching program as an example, people will say, um, either they are afraid to leave their job or they don't have enough money to invest. Right. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, if you continue to not invest, like that's, an issue, but you're also going to stay broke if you don't, which is the bigger issue. You know what I mean? So I think it's like, for me, it's calling people out on their bullshit. Mm. And I, I take the objections I get frequently. Right. Or, I mean, I've had clients that are working with other coaches, just not getting results. And they're like, damn, I wish I would have found you sooner. And I'm like, okay, well, you're wasting time. You know, like, I know you still have X months left, but we could really make some headway you could hit six figures in four months. I mean, depending on where they're at, right? I'm just like, depending on that person. Right. And I've had people sign up with me when they're still working with other coaches, because it's like, again, like I'm trying to just get them results efficiently. Um, and people get trapped because I, I will say, you know, again, do your homework, but whatever you invest in, whoever you invest in, you know, you're always spending time and money. One or the two, you're spending time or money. And for me, I always made big investments in coaches and mentors because I wanted more time. And, you know, at this point in my business, I've invested over $200,000 in mentors. Now it started out with 2,500. That's what it started out as. Right. And I think again, like for the purpose of this podcast, like, yes, look at what I've done now, but it started with one step. It started with the decision to never go back. The decision that I was going to have Christmas off, because I think what happened to me kind of to bring this back into a full circle. Like I remember sitting, you know, after I found out this news and all of a sudden going back and, and, and signing another contract and signing my life away, even though that was quote security, that scared the shit out of me. Right. And the idea of, Oh my God, I can have weekends off. I can actually maybe like do something with my friends or plan a trip or go home whenever, you know? Um, 
And I think when you look at it that way, suddenly everything just becomes a lot more clear. And, and I hope that not every, I mean, I'm hoping you guys are not laid off or fired or any of those things, but I will say right then and there, it was so easy to make the decision to never go back. And um, I don't know if I would be here if that would never have happened, right? Um, I have no idea. I can't, I can't answer that because I do think about that. Um, if my contract, if, if nothing would have ever happened, I probably would have resigned and been miserable, you know? But like I said to you at the very beginning of this podcast, like something was calling me to Cleveland. I don't know what it was, something was, right? Um, and I think about certain things I do in my life now that are just so different. Like I don't have to find the cheapest Airbnb, you know, or the red eye flight to Vegas. Um, I can take a month to go home and work from anywhere. And I think once you have a taste of that freedom, you just, you, you can't imagine life any other way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, it's funny. My parents are always like, uh, I think they've kind of given up now. It's been three years, uh, a little more now. Um, but like, Oh, you can always come back, you know, to the East coast, be an engineer. And I'm like, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneur for life. Like I, I can't do it. You know, my girlfriend and I were talking this morning, booking a road trip out to the West coast and the grand Canyon, Yosemite and all that stuff. And yeah, three weeks, but I can go post up whatever at Starbucks, get some Wi-Fi, and or at the Airbnb and uh, take the day. And then take the weekend to, and oh, look, Yosemite's right there in my backyard. You know, yeah, it's, it's hard to kind of go back, but, you know, I agree with you. Like, I can't, like the fear of failure and the fear of like putting myself out there on Instagram or making another launch and, oh no, maybe it'll, you know, maybe I won't make a single sale. Like that is way less scary to me than going back to being engineering and wasting 40, 50 hours a week. And then I'm 70 years old looking at on my deathbed being like, I should have, I should have kept going. I should have kept trying. I should have done the thing like that is way scarier to me. Um, okay. And so I think that, you know, kind of, go I was going to say like going back to, you know, making people quote, feel like trash on my stories. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I talk about, right? Mm -hmm. Like what I have and making people realize what they don't have and not like money. I mean, like the options, right? Like I have the option to take a nap at 2 PM because I freaking want to on a Monday. I have the option to take a Friday off because I want to, you know what I mean? Um, and reminding people that like their excuses aren't good enough. That's what I'm here to do to tell you, no, try again. That excuse is not good enough, right? Because that excuse is keeping you stuck and staying in neutral is the worst place you can be. And Yes, it's scary. It's scary. I mean, I'm still scared. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's times where I'm like, oh my God, did I really create a seven figure business? And now I'm trying to go for like, you know, eight, is that a thing? Like, am I going to try to build eight figure business? Like it definitely is scary. Like it's crazy. It's all on your shoulders, but I also am somebody that like thrives with that. Right. Like I, I think like being my own boss is just, it's where I'm meant to be, you know? Um, but yeah, just kind of bring that full circle. Like that's kind of what you talk about in your story. At least for me, that's like what has worked very well for me is reminding people, like I said, that their excuses are not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think that's a, that's a really good point. Um, cool. So to kind of wrap up, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> I love how you're like, I, I might not never have quit, which I think you would have. I think that's kind of what, like you said, in the beginning, the universe, God, whatever, like it's going to knock on your head until you finally learn the lesson. And yeah, maybe it's 70 years old in the deathbed and hopefully it's not too late, um, but it would keep giving you those reminders. And I think someone like you sounds like you would have seen it eventually. Um, like all that you said, you know, all the stack, paying your dues, 
um, and, and all the sacrifice you made not hanging out with friends because you're, you know, you're up at three in the morning doing this report, whatever. Um, I think it would hit you at some point, but I'm curious for someone who's maybe they're at that point, maybe they really do want to leave. What would be your, like, for, I, we, I think we've kind of covered this, but I think maybe you can summarize, like, what would be your first three steps? Like, all right, fine. I'm giving it my two weeks tomorrow. <laughs> what are the first three steps you would start to make to start to build your coaching business? Yeah. I mean, I also think that you don't even have to put in your first few weeks. Like I said, like I have clients that are making literally 10 K a month as like a part-time job. And I think step one is truly just identifying like who it is that you want to work with. And the easiest way to simplify finding your niche is just literally who you were at the beginning of your journey. That is the easiest thing. You're always talking to you. It's not like, I want to help busy teachers who are like, no, no, no. Let's make it really simple. It's literally who you were. So that's step one. Step two is obviously having some kind of like profile to uh, solidify and also, you know, acknowledge your expertise, right? And it doesn't have to be a daily thing, guys, but like, you know, three posts a week at least. Um, and I will say teachable content is, is, is okay, but inspirational is what sells. So, you know, try not to post like the five ways to get more protein. Like, yes, that can be fine. You can maybe talk about that on your story, but your story is the transformation. I say this and I emphasize this because people are always going to say, but Taylor, I don't have any clients yet. Okay. That's totally fine. You are the story. Like I use myself as the transformation. That's what you have to do. Um, talk about imposter syndrome, like circle back to that in a second, because you don't really know, right? You have nothing to show for it, you know, because you haven't like been out of the classroom, so to speak. And then number three is, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to do four because I feel like there needs to be four. Sure. Number three is going to be getting your systems set up, right? Whatever those systems are again, for coaching in this exact like situation, I would say you need to have an application link, you need to have a good onboarding system and you need to have a way to get paid because PayPal and Venmo are not okay, right? Slash LLC, like that kind of stuff, like the systems and legal stuff, contracts, all needs to be tight, tight, tight. And then the last thing is consistency. Do not expect results after seven days. Please don't. Maybe not even 30 days. Okay. But you know, it is amazing how fast you can get results if you are truly ruthless in your pursuit I mean, really, because like I said, I, I was doing sales calls, like in the live truck, like on the way back from back to the station, you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. amazing what you can fit in when you want to. Yeah. Um, but I did want to kind of just, since we didn't talk about this, at least like for your sake and just like your client's sake, cause this imposter syndrome definitely came up to me. So, you know, how did I start coaching business? Like, how did that even like happen? Right. And I think there's so many business coaches out there. And so I find that a lot of them never even like created a business themselves. So, you know, for me, I created a quarter of a million dollar business. It was annual for fitness coaching. Right. And that was my first year. And then people started asking me like how that even happened. And I started kind of coaching people to be better coaches, right. And making more money and all of those things. And I had so much imposter syndrome because I was like, well, who am I to do this? Like, I have a coach, like, who am I to coach this? You know? And I remember it took me so long to get my first few clients or in my head, I felt like it did. Um, because I, it was, it was like a new authority piece, right? Like I had built the authority as a fitness coach. I hadn't built that authority as a business coach. And so I had to kind of like, I just overnight 180, you know, I just threw myself into that pivot and you know, a year later, here we are at seven figures, right? So just if you consistently stay on it, you'll be good. 
But I think making sure your expectations are lined up. What I mean by that is like, expect to work more than you want to. Expect people to succeed faster than you. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's just certain expectations, right? And you can rewrite your story. And as long as you play like the victim mindset and keep telling yourself this old story that you like can't change, you're not going to get out of that. Um, and like I said, make like take the time to maybe invest or whatever, because the free podcast and guides, yes, they're good. We all have them, but that's not going to really move the needle. And it is scary. You're going to feel like you want to throw up. It's totally normal. We all do. But that was, that was truly the game changer for me is always having somebody who was seven steps ahead to calm my nerves, give me things I couldn't think of, uh, help me execute, right? Like that consulting component was, was really the game changer. There's no quick fix, but that is the fast track to results. It's just having a mentor. Yeah. I love it. I, that's, I have this poster right here from my computer. It kind of remind me like I've spent, you know, just under 20 grand last year and a half on some stuff and you spent way more. And it's like, I would never be here without that stuff. You know, it, like you said, it fast tracks it. There's no quick fix. You're going to go through that fear and that doubt and that shit, but you to have someone to help you keep moving forward is, is amazing. And I think the big thing you said in there, whatever number we're at, number five, whatever, like make the fuck, make a fucking sale. That's what I've been like telling. I'm like, just do like, yeah, do the thing. I mean, like, this has been my whole journey is just like doing it. Roll my fucking bike cross country. It changed my life. Like I just did it. I just moved. And like you said, you don't have to quit your job. That's not what I'm saying. Like, don't do anything stupid. Um, But yeah, it's like, you know what you need to do. If it's make the sale and like ask someone, hey, uh, I could help train you, uh, you know, uh, $300 for a month or that that's even a lot for some people, but uh, start somewhere, like make that first sale and jump in. But here's what I will say about that. Okay, here's what I will say about that. I will never argue. I will never argue the affordability component, right? Because I can't argue what that even means to you. But on average, for for online coaching, right? It is between $250 and $500 a month, right? So if you get one or two clients in your entire coaching span of working with you and you continue to have those two clients and you're definitely gonna get more because you're gonna have the strategy, it, you're, the ROI is endless, right? I think people spend too much time focusing on like, oh my God, it's $400 a month. I'm like, yeah. And if you add up how much you've spent on restaurants this past month, it's probably way more than that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So again, making people feel like trash, right? Like, I'm just kidding. But, you know, like reminding them that, yes, I know this is an investment, but it's not the money that scares people. It's the fact that when they put skin in the game, they know they have to show up at that yeah. point. And yeah. that's when it becomes real. And can we all just address that that is really what the issue is? It's not the money. It's the fact that you're like, oh, it's real now, right? And I that's actually, scary. Yeah. Yeah. What I meant when I said that was a personal trainer asking for like 300. Oh, totally. Might feel like yeah. a lot to them. No, but to invest, right. you know, we said at the beginning, like, yeah. Uh, or I don't know, maybe we said it before we started recording, but like, yeah, put the money down. You got to be financially committed because then you will mm-hmm. actually do it. And yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what's scaring the shit out of you. When I invest, yeah. oh my God. I actually have to do it. But what I say, I love this quote. I don't know where it came from, or maybe I made it up. I'll take credit for it. But uh, you know what's on the opposite side of that fear is the fucking person you want to be. Mm-hmm. So lean into that fear. Yep. I agree 100%. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, there's a million things we could say about business, right? I mean, oh my God, I could talk on, on this forever. But, you know, I think you and I are both examples of two people that are 
definitely high achievers, definitely probably more of like the type A, at least that's me. I don't know. You might be more chill than me, but I'm very type A. Um, but you know, if I have a game plan and a strategy and, and a goal, then I will execute. And I think always remember your why the, why cannot be making more money. The why cannot be losing 30 pounds, right? What is that 30 pound weight loss get you? What does that 5k month get you? You know, mm, that's what I always say. Yeah. It's not about that. You know, uh, that's what really keeps people motivated. And that's how I teach sales too. When you're talking to someone, okay, what does the 30 pounds do for you in your life? Same. I'm more confident. Okay. What does confidence do for you? Right. Keep asking the question because there's something there, uh, and it can get deep, but that's, what's going to keep you going. So I love that. I love that. Perfect place to end. Uh, Taylor, where can people find you? People want to work with you. People want hundred K months. <laughs> Good times, man. Yeah. I'm actually just going to go ahead and send you all of my, like my, my link, but you guys can find me on Instagram. My name is spelled super weird. So that's why I'm saying I'll just go ahead and send you uh, my Instagram link and all of that. But yep. I mean, I literally have three tiers of programming. So if you're starting out, I, I got you. If you're going to six figures, I got you. If you want to hit seven figures, I got you there too. So you can definitely learn about all those things on my Instagram though. I love it. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, your name will be in the episode title and then all this in the show notes. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I think it was really valuable for literally anyone listening, wanting to start a business or in their business right now. A lot of great tips here. So thanks so much, Taylor and have an awesome day. Enjoy the snow. You're welcome. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye.